Gene's BB Q&A is on the air. That's what the A is. Well, no, the A is for answers. <laughs> maybe. All maybe. about uh, <laughs> It's all about barbecue, Florida style, putting Florida barbecue on the map. Gene's Slow Smoke Barbecue in Northeast Florida here in Orange Park. And one of the things I was, uh, you know, we, we've gone down and we, we've talked about the uh, top 10 list of things you need to get yourself ready yeah. to uh, to start cooking. And so now it's time for us to give some, some general pointers on getting yourself ready to tackle what I think is the Olympus of, yeah. uh, of barbecue. And that is a brisket. Yeah. I mean, we're looking at, you're looking at major investments in good quality protein. Right. And that's what you want to do. You don't ever want to cut corners on this one. So we're just going to give you a couple little steps to get you built. Make sure you have everything that's on that list. That's another podcast that's available yeah. wherever finer podcasts are uh, spread out like uh, so much lawn fertilizer. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, to to make sure that you got anything because one, it's one thing with something like a pork butt on your on your smoker or, or whatever. You right. can walk away from it for a little bit. Yeah, you don't really want to get too far from a brisket because you're really concerned about the internal temperature. Right. You're really concerned about uh, what the outside looks like, how the bark's setting up, and all that kind of stuff. And making a two hour run to Academy to go and buy something that you didn't get on your uh, top ten list right uh, before <laughs> it kind of gets to be a little bit of a pain in the neck. Yeah, you know. So let's assume that you have all of those things there, and it's time to make the decision on a brisket. Now, not everyone has a, a membership or access to a place like U.S. Foods, right? Or uh, you know, restaurant distributors. Yeah. So the rest of us are going to be looking at places, and I, I've I've got a couple of real good briskets from Costco. Yeah, you know the. A lot of folks have you could go to walmart obviously as well mm-hmm. um, get your brisket i think a lot of them would just be choice um but costco sam's some of those big the bigger stores like that that sell meats and stuff or your local butcher which is probably going to be you probably get a good good quality the only thing is it they really are probably more expensive you're going to spend some money on it but again yeah. this isn't this is not a one of those cheap ventures right. that you get into because you you want the best product because let's face it you you drop a maybe a 10 or 11 pound brisket in a right. pan you're yeah. going to be eating off it for a while right and you want to make sure that not only have you done it right but you've also got uh real good quality yeah as well and we're not you know we're not going to uh get off on the competition brisket side where i've right. driven to pensacola at one of the the market, you know, meat markets there, where I, you you spend almost two hundred dollars for one brisket, right? Because it's a wagyu or a nine prime brisket, mm-hmm. you know, which is what a lot of the competitors will use to get them up there, especially the upper echelon of the the barbecue uh, competition teams. Um, but you don't need that, right? You really don't. You know, you could, you could get a prime brisket. I mean, um, but going through like I do U.S. Foods through the restaurant, and they obviously have options. Um, and everything obviously costs more. Um, but you can get a good choice brisket if you just go and kind of search through it, as long as they got enough to really kind of pick from. Yeah. That's the thing, you know. They got one or two there. You may not have much of a choice. Right. Um, excuse the pun. But um, they. Uh, but if you got several, and, you know, the, the other thing too, Steve, is even at Costco and, and Sam's, and I've done this before, is I've actually had them pull out a case for me mm-hmm. when I was buying something to cook for competition at that time, because it's still good brisket, pull it out and I would go through them. They would now, will they all let you do that? I don't know. Right. I, mine did. After they, you've been up there a few times, if they kind of know you, they might be willing to help you. Now, you know? one of the things so, too, I noticed that uh, Costco uh, had 
maybe a dozen right. out in the case That's that you, I mean. could, you could look yep. through. And, I, you know, I was pretty impressed by that because mm-hmm. you want them all out there. Well, obviously, they're selling them. Right, so right. why not why not have them out and you can get the right weight get an option get one that uh, that looks good for you right. as well now uh, a lot of people the brisket is the very front end the business end of the uh, of the cow yeah and it's it's going to be it's, it's an interesting cut of meat because is. there's really shouldn't be any marbling in the brisket like you would have with a steak or another kind of roast so it, it's going to rely on the fat that's around it to to render through it and to cook it but at the same time you don't want it swimming in it. Well, you can get them where they do have good marbling. There are some that, get, especially your your more expensive ones, the, the, they do have some good marbling. In I them. know the Wagyu does yeah. more yeah. so than it does. Uh, yeah. your regular. That's right. Your regular cow. You know, back in the day too. Wait, when I say back in the day, I'm mean, you know twenty, thirty years ago. You know, the brisket was considered you know just not a good piece of meat. Yeah, it was kind of a piece of meat that was shunned upon. Now, you know, it's like y'all serve brisket. Yeah. You know, it's out there. I mean, it's become very popular. I think a lot of that has to do probably with Franklin Barbecue out of Texas. In, in Texas, well, in I think Austin, Austin yeah. area. Yeah. So, did you ever go there? Haven't been there. Yeah, m- m- I haven't either. But I think he really put brisket back on the map some years ago. I want to say, you know, 2009 or 10. I don't even remember. Now, keep in mind, if you make it to Franklin Barbecue in Austin, Texas, you might want to get ready to camp out oh. because they start lining up before the sun comes up. Yes. And they cook what they cook. Drinking beer. And once it's, <laughs> what, yeah, once it's gone, guess what? You're done for the day. Right. So whether you want to just wait, to, you know, yep. wait through the rotation and wait again, but people wait for hours. Yes, they do. To have a shot at getting their yeah. brisket. And I know you say, well, is, is brisket really Florida barbecue? And we'll say that it is because we talked about in another episode about how cowboys yeah. originated here in Florida. Right. Because the-, the cattle herds, there was such great grazing, especially out uh, in the in that strip up 75 from Ocala to Gainesville right. yep. to, uh, to High Springs yep. and, and, and right on up into Georgia where yep. there was great grazing land. And people, that's where the you're cowboys right. were. You're right, and that's what we, that one episode, you're correct, Steve, is that we talked about the, the Florida cracker with the whips, mm-hmm. and that's what it was about, you know. Um, so, yeah, I think it can come back to Florida as far as with the beef and stuff, because remember I mentioned, too, and we could look this up, I'm almost positive that one of the classes I went down to, or really it was more of a seminar cook thing for, with U.S. Foods, they had a beef rep there, mm-hmm. cow. And I believe they said Florida was like the second in the country for producing beef yes and i was like wow i was i think i you know you can look at that episode but i'm almost positive it's like we're like second you can get a lot of good uh good local grown stuff too uh i know a few different places where they they do uh bottle raised and pasture fed really you know and let me tell you that is some good quality beef wow uh we'll have to talk about them it's uh, on another episode see okay. if we can get them to come in and tell us right uh, because they do everything they do every kind of roast they do flank steaks they uh they you know they do ground uh, ground round they do briskets huh. so i I'm, I'm anxious to try one but like i said we're we, you know you're you're looking at a substantial investment when when right. you're putting a brisket right. on the smoker so say you found one that you like it's the right size you're not intimidated by it but at the same time you want to have it big enough to where you're going to get some some yield off of it yeah uh really one of the first things and it's again it's a trial by error thing or maybe you can get uh, get some help maybe they'll trim it right there but trimming it up to get it ready to smoke yeah because- that's probably one of the toughest things um first of all when you ask someone about barbecue 
the one piece of meat that is intimidating is the brisket. Mm-hmm. I see comments all over the place on whether it's Facebook or other social media or just talking in general with even my customers that come in here. It's intimidating to them. Yeah. First of all, like you said, you mentioned, Steve, it's not cheap. Right. You know, you, you drop in 50 bucks, 60, depending on where you get right. from. And on a piece of meat that you're not sure if you're going to mess up or not. Yeah. You know, a piece of leather or too hard. Yeah. So it is intimidating, but doesn't have to be. Right. You know, so it can be simple as far as the seasoning goes. Salt, pepper. Uh, when I talk about salt, pepper, I like kosher salt, mm-hmm. bigger, pe- you know, uh, salt. And then the 16 mesh coarse peppers, what I normally use, it's just a bigger pepper flakes yeah basically all that means instead of like your table pepper or something which is more fine yeah so, the powdered pepper right right and you know if you, that's all you got that's okay you can still use that you know one of the most important things too is whether you get it at costco whether you're going to go down to Publix or win dixie and get it talk to the you know talk to the guys in the butcher shop yeah you remember remember that line from uh from what was that movie tommy boy you know you can get a great steak you know uh if you you need to watch Tommy Boy. You all yeah. know what I'm talking about. Yeah. I really, yeah. I, in case there's any kids, they don't want me talking about, you know, where I'm going to put my hand to get a great steak. Right. Or you can just ask the butcher. Yeah. You know, it's always better to ask the butcher. Yeah. You know, and more often than not, they're going to they're, they're gonna want to get and keep a customer, especially if you're going in there and right. dropping 60, 70 bucks a pop right. on a brisket. Oh, yeah. They want to make yeah. you happy so you keep yeah. coming back and you keep telling your friends. So, I mean, get, get to know them and and you know include them in the loop right so if there is a little bit of a a trial and error for you you're not so overwhelmed by it that's right so, that's right so okay um there's, as far as trimming yeah we'll go back on that rule and we'll touch on that um the trimming you know the, the main thing with that is obviously there's so many tutorials out there you can mm-hmm. watch i mean they're great uh, whether it be on i don't know what TikTok, Facebook, uh, Google or something, and you yeah. get all kind of videos, and, and there are a bunch of good ones out there. But, you know, in general, what I normally do with a brisket is, once you see a brisket that looks kind of nice, really what I try to trim off of, Steve, is more of the hard fat. Right. The softer fat, if it's really thick, yeah, trim it down to maybe a quarter inch or so, but if it's real hard, just trim it right off until you get that, get, get even the silver skin, if you want to get real meticulous with it, get you a good sharp knife, almost a fillet knife is probably yep. what you want, Yep. a thinner knife, and you're just going to fillet that top skin down right to the surface where you can start seeing just good meat on meat there. Right. So then you don't have the fat. You could trim that off, any of the hard fat, which is going to be morally where it separates the flat and the point, mm-hmm. you know, where you get your burn ends. There's a, there's a hard fat in between that too, and usually on the side trim that off cut it out kind of wedge it make it's kind of like a wedge in there basically yeah trim it down get it to where you like it you know because it's not really going to matter it's still going to cook nice and then you can put whatever rub you desire on it yeah pretty much i mean a lot of people get real involved and they want to bring heat to it i i prefer something that's basic salt and pepper mm-hmm. or uh even some garlic yeah you can get some garlic powder those in are there. three awesome uh spices to put on it if that's all you've got Obviously, there's some great beef rubs out there too. Mm-hmm. You know, I tell you, what makes a good one's Blues Hog. Yeah, get that beef, that beef rub they they have, and it's, it's really good too. So, and um, I, I know that 
a lot of people do like to put a lot of heat. I prefer to taste whatever meat it is that's cooking. Yeah. No matter what it is, yeah. whether it's brisket or whether it ends up being pork or chicken. Ribs, whatever. Yeah, I, w- I want to taste what whatever the animal used to be. That's right. And it's it's real crucial with brisket. Now, okay, so you've, you've trimmed, you trimmed up. You got yep. your rub. Do yep. you use a binder? Like some people will use mayonnaise. Some people will use mustard. Uh, mustard. Right. And some people just spritz it a little bit yep. to get the, the 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 rub to stick to it. I've done it both ways. Um, I've actually, I think the, in competition, I've done it a couple times. That's a little bit different. I don't really want to get off on that that, that tangent. But um, just here at the restaurant, I do not use a binder. Mm-hmm. Just to answer it just plainly. Yeah. I, don't, I do not use a binder. Okay. I just use the, my, uh, you know, clean it out. We do trim them. Yeah. We'll pat them down. But we'll go right to our salt and pepper, um, like you said, maybe some garlic, maybe pecan rub, just depending. And that's how we generally cook them. Yeah, you know, we do cook them in a pan here. You, so, so, so that's what that was my next question. Do yeah. you do you do you want if someone's a beginner, right? Do you want to cook them in a pan, or do you want to put it right there on the right on the heat? Well, there again, it comes back to your cooker, also, I believe. Um, you know that's a good that's a good question because they they're going to cook good either way. The one, one reason I use a pan here is because the juices do cook out and it does help keep a little bit of moisture moistness in. Mm-hmm. And I'll use that juice also that 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 juice also that it cooks out yeah. to also dip any of the the brisket back in or or, or like an basically. Right. So you can strain that too if there's fat in it. You can strain it out with a fat separator. I I do that on the trail um, almost all the time. So when you Get your slices cut that you want. You can literally pour the juice back over it without any fat. So. I've, I have for almost, uh, for the better part of 58 years, I have not separated my fat. Right. <laughs> uh, I, I love my fat. I've worked very hard on my fat. So Steve, uh, it takes years to build a temple. Well, okay? you, that's it. You know, we're, we're, we're not even into it yet. Uh, so the next question comes up, fat side up or fat side down. Now, you can see people that will advocate for it both ways. Right, yeah. I've cooked them both ways. Yeah. I prefer to have the fat side up, right? So that whatever you know, the the fat that's going to render through the rest of the brisket and help keep it more is going to do its job, right? On top, yeah. We cook um, down, mm-hmm. fat side down, um, and the only reason I do that is because with the meat side up, we'll call it meat side up, is when you got your rub on there, mm-hmm. you got that good bark on there, right? If you do it fat side up. I cut that away. Usually, I'll trim that off once it's cooked, the excess fat. If there's any on there, a fat cap, mm-hmm. then I have no bark. Yeah. So, I use that the other way, meat side up, season it, let it cook, and then it, yeah, I got a good bark on Again, that. I know. how I know, It's <laughs> got to be confusing for people that are listening for the first time. Go, well, what am I going to do? You know what? Right. It's it's part of the trial and error yeah. that, you, that you need to go through because you may find that you like it. With the fat side up. That's right. You know, I don't and, think there's right or wrong on that. Right. It, it comes down to preference. That's exactly. And, and again, it's a half and half thing. Now, since yep. you make them every day yep. uh, and, and you kind of have your clientele trained mm. yep. that there's going to be, there's going to be a bark and there's going to be a real good smoke ring that doesn't involve a layer of fat right. on top of it. Yeah. You know, you know, it, I tell you, I, I kind of struggle with some things, Steve, I'm going to be honest <laughs> and here, and here's why. There again, putting Florida barbecue on the map, you know, and every all these folks, we have such a melting pot. And I know we touched on this in one of the other episodes. We have such a melting pot here in our area, mm-hmm. just for whatever reason, they, the military or whatever. 
Um, so many f- influx of folks moving in, as you see. Oh, my gosh, it's crazy. But everybody now, because of social media, watching videos, everybody knows what brisket's supposed to be like and cook. Right. Okay? And so you got so many judges out there that walk through your door. Right. That think Every day. Should be, and, that's, and, and there again, we touched on the same thing. It's very subjective. Barbecue is probably one of the most subjective foods mm-hmm. in America, maybe in the world, because there's so many different styles. Everybody right. likes different things. I'm no, I'm no different, but I have my own style, too. Yeah. And that, to me, is Florida style. Exactly. <laughs> and it's really things that I've learned over the past 15, 20 years of whether I've been on the trail cooking, went through you know doing a couple barbecue cook schools, classes, things like that. Learning on my own, trial and error. Mm-hmm. More trial and error than anything, honestly. Uh, cooking with my buddy Johnny. Um, but I've taken all that that I've learned my knowledge and incorporated it into what I think fits my restaurant. Right. I really do. You know, is everybody going to like it? No, probably not. Probably not. Is it always perfect? No, because there's so many variables involved. You know, this is the one thing I've been trying to do recently is um, – had my hand a little bit more in it, you right? Know, just, just in the back, back there in well, the pit. So I built my empire. You built yours. Yep. <clears throat> just a little different way around. That's it. right. But uh, all right. So here we go. We, we've talked about uh, we, we've talked about fat side up, fat side down. Let's talk about. And again, this is a completely subjective. <laughs> where's your temperature going to be? Right. It depends on what you're cooking with. I can give you a couple things. And this is some things I've learned over the past years, too, even from one of the top barbecue cooks um, in Florida, mm-hmm. actually. Um, so one thing you want to look for is once you say you've had it on, I can give you even kind of a window, and I'm going to give you about a four, five, six-hour window. Mm-hmm. Just say six hours in. Because uh, most likely, if you're cooking it at 225 to 250, um, I don't want to jump the gun, but right. 225 to 250, you're... Brisket's still not going to be done. Right. I, I can tell you that, but I can tell you where it's probably going to be close to, and that's going to be around the 160, 170 mark, mm-hmm. 165 degrees. So you can use two things. The most important is the bark you got. That's If you got a good bark on it, the good bark that you like and looks good, you're probably going to be at least in the 160 marks. Right. Now, if you temp it, that's the most crucial thing is temp it. Get your internal temperature. If you are around that 165, 170 mark, that's almost perfect. Then what I would suggest is wrap it. Mm-hmm. You go wrap it from there. Now there's two things. Obviously, you got foil, you got butcher paper. Right. That's another. I think that's another. You know, subjective thing. What you want to use? Yeah. And I've used them both. Um, they both. Matter of fact, I think Franklin has a great uh, show on doing that, where he's wrapped it, and and you know they both turned out pretty good. Yeah. Truthfully. For me, if I wrap them, I like I go a lot of full here, and that's only because it helps keep the juices in more. Right. For me, for me, if you're at home, use butcher paper. Maybe it's not as crucial because you're only doing one brisket where I'm doing a lot. Yeah. Awesome. Go for it. But it will cook. What that does, it's going to help bring that internal temperature up. Now, now after you wrap it, after an hour or start two hours, you need to start need, poking yeah. it. You need to start checking that internal temp because – Ideally, for me, I like it once it gets into one nineties. But there again, you can tell by pu- pushing your probe through 
how tender it's starting to get. Right. So, and I know a lot of people will take it over two hundred before they pull it from yes. the from the from whatever heat source. That's right. I like one nineties only here. It's just different here at the restaurant. I don't yeah. Really, I don't really want to use the restaurant examples because you're cooking at home. This is really for people cooking it on the back porch, right, in their backyard. Um, so it really just depends, and and it really truthfully comes down, and it's no different than any other meat. They're all different, yeah, and they are going to cook a little different, Steve. So we've we've got you we've got you cooked to where you want it to be. You, right. you you've taken it to one sixty five, one seventy. You went ahead and wrapped it, and then you you know you brought it to one anywhere from one ninety five to two hundred to two hundred five, which is going could happen quickly. That's right. Okay, so then the most important thing and the hardest part of it all is letting it rest yeah. before you go into start hacking it to pieces. Yeah, yeah but I'm gonna back up real quick. Because, like you said, it can jump up quick, but you also have a thing called a stall. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that stall actually happens around 160s to 170s generally. Right. Um, there Again, there's a lot of tutorials on that as well. Because what will happen sometimes, it's happened to me a bunch of times cooking, is you get up that, you wrap it, it's 165, 170. Next thing you know, you check it an hour later, it's 175. You yeah. keep going, it's 180, and you're like, my gosh, this thing. And you're trying to turn the heat up a little bit. Then you start, for me, I'd start panicking because you, you need to get to a point where, you, like you said, you want it done and get it rested. Yeah. But don't panic. There is a stall sometimes. But now, here's the thing. When it breaks that stall, It'll you better watch take it. off. It'll take off on yeah. you. And there you go. Next thing you know, you can overshoot if you're not careful. But one reason it does the stall is is is, is the collagen and stuff that's breaking down that fat and stuff that's breaking down in the meat. Once it breaks down, that's when it starts to shoot. Yeah, go. It's so, business yeah. time. Yes, sir. So, as far as letting it letting it rest, right? Well, you couple know, hours, you know, hour to you or, know, there's folks that there again. If you got it wrapped, I've seen them take it and put it in a towel, put it in a cooler, mm-hmm. let it rest for an hour, a couple hours. And basically, you're, you're, you're letting all the, any of the juices that's cooked away all come back together. Draw back in. Draw back yeah. in. So when you go to cut it, it's good and moist and juicy is basically what you're doing. But, you know, realistically, I don't know if you need it go any more than an hour, yeah. truthfully. I, I, I mean, I think that there again, that's preference. I mean, really. If you look, here's the thing if you cook a brisket, and you got people coming, you're serving at six. You put the brisket on early, and the, the brisket's done at three. Yeah. Where you want it. Well, guess what? It, it's okay. It, it ain't going to hurt the brisket sit there for two and a half, three hours yeah. before you start cutting. It's not going to hurt it. You know, keep it in a cooler, keep it in the camera if you happen to have one of those. Just keep the moisture Just about keep it. it. Yeah, and keep it. You can keep, it'll stay hot. No no worries. I wouldn't put it in, a, a, in, in an oven and keep it hot because it, you're going to keep cooking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it could dry out a little bit more. But, but wrap it, put it in a cooler, put it in something like that. One of them bags even, that, that's an insulated bag, mm-hmm. you're good to go. You know, it, another thing is if, if you're, you're cooking it, you're eating at 6, and the thing don't get done till 5, 5.30, guess what? Let it rest just for a little bit, cut into it. The biggest thing is, you know, if you've got the quality of friends that are going to come over and complain about what you're doing, right. you need new friends. You need new friends. You know, yeah. more often than not, when you tell somebody you're cooking a brisket, you usually make friends. And you can start weeding out the herd a little bit. Um, right. So, and this is where another one of those uh, top 10 necessity list things comes in nice is having an electric knife. Yeah. To, to if slice it right. If you got a good right. friend, you might even get you one. See, that's, that's how it works. Maybe you just got to make that puppy dog face <laughs> once in a while. This one, you're like, 
That was for our friends on Facebook, by the way. Completely pointless since this is just an right. audio podcast. Right. right. I won't be making those big eyes about everything. But I mean, that's again, that's one of those great things because then you can get a real feel for how well right. the brisket's done. That's right. And and most people are real appreciative. You if you take the time and effort to make a brisket, and the biggest thing that we want to make sure is to encourage you to do it. Don't be so scared of it right. that you don't ever do it. Right. Because until I have one failure. My first brisket, I would consider, was a failure. I, I, it just, right. no, it, nothing came together. Right. But two, three, four, start. the things that you learn and you put together yeah. as you go along, well, and you're going to be knocking out some great briskets. And you're making and, it your own. Exactly. You know, that's the thing. You know, another thing real quick I'll touch on, Steve, and this is what we do on the trail. When I, when I say the trail, I mean in, in the barbecue circuit. Mm-hmm. So I'll just say the trail is that. If you got a brisket you're not sure about, you can you can inject that brisket. Yeah. You can just inject it. Now it can be a simple injection. You can get you some beef broth, beef bouillon, whatever you want to do. Hey, I, I'm not going to go in and what do you can do in it? Google it up. Get an injector. You can buy the injectors. They're, They're easy. Cheap. They're yeah. cheap. But the one thing I've always learned is in in when you inject with the grain. Right. Not across the grain. Now, at home, it don't really matter. On the trail, we can do it with it because it don't leave track marks. Right. So, if that makes sense. No, it absolutely when does. When you slice it, you got a needle mark or a black mark of like a hole, mm-hmm. and you're trying to got a perfect good piece of brisket slice, and you got a hole in it. And you can ruin some so. good marble when you're taking marble yes. out the quarry, and you do it the yes. wrong way. Same yeah. thing with brisket. And that will help keep moisture in as well. That will give you a good moist. It's going to cook out some. I cook in a pan, so it does give you that au jus. So guess what? When you slice your brisket, you set that to the side. You can lay them slices lay right back in that pan, or right. you can pour it over it if you want to put it on a plate. Just drizzle it over. I like to just lay it on the back of right okay. back. You know, you basically slice it, flip it over, slice it, flip it over, right. and you kind of slide you it go. on down, and it'll, it'll it'll be like a sponge. Oh man! And it's going to be great. Yes, your delicious. brisket's going to be great. Delicious. Have faith in yourself. Yeah. Yep. You know, because you 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 know you've got. You've got the tutorials right there online. Right. You got some pointers that you followed from us, hopefully on the podcast, that are going to get you excited about it. Right. Because there's a lot of I've seen more than one uh, video on mm-hmm. uh, on YouTube. Yeah. Brisket guys. Oh and man. They're, well, you just better be careful about this, or you're going to be throwing money out the window, and your children aren't going to go to college, and Meemaw don't have no money for her insulin, and then oh lord, there's going to be calamity. There'll be calamity everywhere. Right. No, don't look at it that right. way. Right. You know, look at it as what it's supposed to be—a nice social event and an opportunity for you to go a little bit outside your comfort zone. Yep. And and hopefully that's of help to you. Yeah. Hopefully it gets your your curiosity enough up to the point where you feel confident to at least go out and try it. Right. And yep. remember. There's, you know, if if you screw it up, the dog's always going to be happy. Right. Like you said, Steve, they can call me, question me, or send me a message. If yeah, message. If, if they're local, come by the restaurant. I'll be glad to help them out. Message on the Facebook page, uh, G Slow Smoked Barbecue. Yep. That's where you're going to find uh, this little production, exactly how it went down uh, <laughs> uh, in the in the video personage. And there's also other great podcasts that we hope we're helping you out with at G's BBQ and A. Putting Florida barbecue on the map. We will catch you all next time.